There are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal drugs and softwares. We evolved to care about whether other people in our tribe think well of us or not, because it matters. But were we evolved to be aware of what 10,000 people think of us? We were not evolved to have social approval being dosed to us every five minutes. That was not at all what we were built to experience. We curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in these short-term signals, hearts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. And instead, what it really is, is fake, brittle popularity that's short-term and that leaves you even more, and admit it, vacant and empty before you did it. Because then it forces you into this vicious cycle where you're like, what's the next thing I need to do now? because I need it back. Think about that compounded by two billion people. And then think about how people react then to the perceptions of others. It's just a, it's a really bad. It's really, really bad. These are some of the striking quotes uh, from the Netflix documentary Social Dilemma. Uh, released this year, the documentary tries to address uh, social media addiction and its impact on our mental health. And this is actually the theme of today's episode. Uh, I'm joined here by colleague uh, Camilla, uh, who has been talking to young people and experts to try to understand why social media is constantly being pointed out as one of the causes of anxiety and depression today especially among young people. Hey, Camilla. Hi, Per. It's nice to be here and to be able to talk about this issue that is so important and so present in our lives. And I have some data for you. I read an article in the Business Insider um, that says that millennials who are turning 24 to 39 this year have seen a 37% increase in major depression diagnosis. And the data also suggests that Gen Z, so the generation younger than millennials, might be seeing a mental health crisis even worse. Millennials have spent most of their lives connected to the internet. And uh, Gen Z was practically born online, right? Uh, Do you think this is reflected in the data in any way? Yeah, that's exactly what research shows. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, overuse of social media can cause loneliness, depression and anxiety. So yeah, the issue is serious and we should be paying more attention to how much time we spend on our phones and on social media. I talked to Larissa May, a young American who knows a lot about social media addiction. Larissa has personally struggled with depression and anxiety all her life which led her founding Half the Story, a nonprofit that helps people develop a healthier relationship with social media. Half the Story began in Larissa's dorm room at Vanderbilt University. At the time, besides being a student, she was also a fashion blogger, covering New York Fashion Week for several media outlets. Larissa's Instagram feed was perfect. For any fashion blogger, it seemed that she was living a dream. Besides working at the New York Fashion Week, she was also working in Paris. But behind the success on Instagram, the reality was different. She was working 17 hours a day and suffering from debilitating anxiety and sleep deprivation. 
Larissa describes that she was hiding behind social media to avoid dealing with the reality of her mental struggles. Near rock bottom, when she was losing all her friends and in a very fragile state of mind, she decided to be part of the solution. And not only for herself, she got an $800 grant from Vanderbilt University to start her project, Half the Story. The idea is that we only show part of our lives on social media. So half the story wants people to show the other side, which is not perfect and that's okay because we are not perfect. I talked to Larissa when she was on vacation in California earlier this year. Despite my bad internet connection, for which I apologize to you, she told me a little bit about how she decided to close her fashion blog, put herself first and help others do the same. You know, there were two sides of history to be on, you know, do I want to be a part of the problem or do I want to be a part of the solution? And I decided that in order to be a part of the solution, I needed to, you know, take care of myself first and foremost, but then ultimately help others develop better relationships with technology. And do you think that for you, you said that you started your project when you were uh, at school because you realized that uh, social media was uh, harming your mental health so uh, what was like the trigger like the where you really realized that it was like a huge problem well for me it was you know when i was at my lowest point and i was incredibly depressed and and i was just throwing myself into it and it was like this downward spiral that made me feel worse and worse and worse and worse and worse i would like to specifically focus on um perhaps you know how to what signs you should be looking out for to see if you have you know a struggle with actual technology addiction and there are a couple of things you know one is you know sort of what if you don't have your phone with you fidgeting and like feeling like you're you're looking for something or like the inability to focus um the second is losing track time when you're on your social media or on your phone and not really being able to get out of that uh the third is you know really isolating yourself and you know spending more time on your devices than normal um the the fourth is you know if you're not on social media but you're thinking about it constantly like what that actually means i think many of us can relate to what larissa is saying uh don't you camilla yeah i do agree with you per um personally i struggle a lot to leave my phone aside and by being online all the time i have the impression we are constantly comparing ourselves to others and measuring our lives by other people views and i've talked to tess brigan about it a psychotherapist and certified coach who has been working with young people and their families for the past 15 years she told me that by spending so much time online Millennials can have sort of a disturbed way of looking at life, as the curtain of social media is always there. Let's hear what Tess has to say about this. I've been working with people, individuals, families, couples for the last 15 years. And uh, for the last, close to the last, this last decade, I've been working primarily with millennials. Now they're Gen Zers, um, helping them, you know, figure out who they are, what they want, um, so that they can go off and, you know, make a big impact in the world. Okay, so in your opinion, what is the relation between millennials and the social media? And what are the effects of this relation? I think they have this real false idea about how other people are living their lives and what success 
should look like. So, you know, and, I, and they've done, you know, they've done studies and they've shown that, you know, people that are on Facebook or Instagram for over 30 minutes a day or something like that, that, you know, the longer someone's on social media, the more depressive and anxious anxiety symptoms they show. And, um, you know, I think that what I see with my clients is, is that social media is sort of this curated, you know, uh, way of showing a person's life. And even though, my clients know that, you know, their friend Jane, who's posting about their trip to Bali on, on Instagram, even though they know Jane hates their, you know, Jane hates her job, even though they know that when they're on social media and they're seeing Jane on the beach and, and all the stuff that she's doing, there's that instant feeling of, oh my God, what have I done with my life? I'm missing out on something. I've made all these mistakes. You know, this Jane's at this place. She's so happy. And I think that's the part that's hard is, is that social media, you know, people can show you anything they want to show you. And so we tend to show people either something where it looks like we are having an, an, you know, an amazing amount of, you know, all this great fun and, um, either wealth or beauty or whatever it is, you know, even social media vulnerability is curated in some way, shape or form. So I think that for my clients, they have a real false sense of, you know, what is success? Um, you know, what does it mean to be happy? Um, I think that social media has, and I know Netflix has a new, uh, show out that people have been telling me about called, you know, the social dilemma. Um, but I think that social media really, no matter what our, um, situation is when we look at somebody else's and it seems like it's better or, um, richer, there's instantly this, you know, feeling of like, oh my God, I've done something wrong or what's wrong with me. And, um, and it's what I see with my clients is there's a lot of like churning on themselves, feeling like, you know, everybody else is living a better life. Okay, so uh, talking about the, the Netflix show, I've watched it and it's really, really mm -hmm. cool. I think you would like it. And so there's uh, a part in the show where they talk about how social media mm -hmm. was related to suicide or, or with um, feelings of loneliness or even with teenagers, especially girls uh, hurting themselves. Mm -hmm. They focus a lot on girls, actually. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you if you think there is like a, a relation, like a correlation between social media and all of this uh, suicide rates we see today among this generation. Yeah, I and what's hard is, is that, you know, what what people forget is, is that, you know, your brain doesn't fully form until you're 25. So when you are seeing and being imprinted in your brain year after year after year of, um, you know, what's happening, you know, uh, and to looking at social media and looking at these really curated, perfect lives that will constantly make you feel like, um, I can imagine it does create this feeling of depression and feeling of um, hopelessness. And the other thing is, and I, I talk about this a lot with my clients is, you know, once upon a time, like if I wasn't invited to a party, if I wasn't, 
um, included with something. If my friends were hanging out, I might have heard about it, maybe, or maybe not, like at school. And, you know, I might hear a little bit about it. I might feel a little sad and then it's over. The problem now is, is that people are able to, right? You have, you weren't invited to this party. You have hurt feelings about it. Not only are you having to kind of watch everyone post pictures from the party, but those pictures are with you. Right. And so it's this, it's this ability to kind of keep coming back to this thing of like, see, I'm, I've been rejected or see, you know, um, I'm not good enough. And I think that's the thing about social media is it's like, it's this, um, very clear, very, um, permanent way of being able to keep going back to see, I'm not, you know, I'm not loved, you know, my life is hopeless or, or whatever the feeling is. there has been a gigantic increase in depression and anxiety for American teenagers, which began right around between 2011 and 2013. The number of teenage girls out of 100,000 in this country who are admitted to a hospital every year because they cut themselves or otherwise harm themselves, that number was pretty stable until around 2010, 2011, and then it begins going way up. It's up 62% for older teen girls. It's up 189% for the preteen girls. That's nearly triple. Even more horrifying, we see the same pattern with suicide. That was uh, social psychologist Dr. Jonathan Haidt uh, talking about the remarkable increase in depression and anxiety among young Americans over the last years particularly uh, among girls. The quote is from the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Camilla, did uh, Larissa have any thoughts about how we can deal with this issue uh, on both a personal and social level? Yes, as Larissa's mission in Half the Story is helping young people develop a healthier relationship with technology and social media, she gave us some tips to help us cope with that. So the first one is turning your phone into grayscale mode. I never thought about it, but apparently putting it in black and white actually makes it less addictive. The second tip is really reducing the number of apps on your phone and becoming a digital minimalist. So uh, instead of, of having, for example, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, Pinterest, just choose one or two apps that you really like and just delete the rest. And the third one is spending one day a week screen-free. That means that on Sunday, for example, you're gonna put your phone aside and you're not gonna look at it. And guys, what is really important is if you are feeling lonely, depressed, anxious, if you're not feeling well, you should look for professional help. Hopefully we can find ways of making social media and other technologies work to make our lives easier uh, rather than constantly being manipulated by them. That's it for today's episode and actually uh, for this season of Generation Screwed. But no worries, we will be back after Christmas with new episodes that are both depressing and interesting. Talk to you soon.